0: Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers Podcast. My name's Cormie Duff and I'll be your host as always. Joining me tonight, all the way for the big smoke, Mason Stewart. Mason, welcome back. Uh, do you have a nice Christmas, mate?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me b- uh, back on. Uh great Christmas. Um really nice. Three points on Boxing Day helped. Um but yeah, it was, it was really good. The only disappointing thing, we've got no no games now to look forward to to the eighteenth. So uh but but you know, it's a good time with the family and um looking to the looking forward to the new year.
0: Good man, good man. And we've got another gallant for your debut tonight. Um making his, making his debut on the board, uh Chris Paul. Chris, thanks for coming on. Uh, tell the last about the
2: Cheers Colin, thanks very much for um inviting me on. Um I so um, 33 from uh, Greenock and i Um been following Rangers since probably I was about 4 or 5 um birth probably to be honest, but um 4 or 5 first game at Ibrox was Alloa um Scottish Cup uh, 1994 95 season. They beat them 6 nothing Um Alan McCoy with a hat trick so that was my, my first game and, and followed sort of, you know, most of most of my kind of childhood, went to different games and stuff. Um and as I get into sort of teenage years and, and a bit older, obviously started going with your mates, your friends, family or whatever. Um been following home away in, in, in Europe for for then really. Um one of the founders of the um Greenock Britannia Rangers Supporters Club. So um that's our, our boss. Um, Doing in Um so I it's um, it, it pretty much like everybody else that's probably listening to us. Um, so we of life and it's following Rangers and supporting Rangers. So uh, if if there's one thing I can talk about all day, it's Glasgow Rangers Football Club. So looking forward to being part of the being part of the podcast and, and talking about things today with Rangers.
0: Happy days and brilliant to have you on as well, and another official Rangers there as well. Good to see you bringing the, the boys up in the in the right way.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, my actually had my my youngest is only two, but because my missus had to go Christmas shopping I actually had to take my youngest along to the Dundee United game just before Christmas, so he's actually been to Eyebrooks already. But uh, my oldest, uh, he's twelve, and he's sort of away his home away Europe. If he if he can, he's he's came to Porto with me and stuff. So, uh, he follows his, um he follows alongside me in the footsteps, which is great.
0: Good man, good man. Maybe once he gets any second of third year, he'll be on this podcast as well. <laughs> <face>. Maybe. <laughs> so this should have been a bit football packed podcast. We uh, should have had honours to talk about where the initial December fixtures, but the new restrictions have made good work of that. Thankfully, we did get... Um, one game in um Rangers 2 0 win over St Mirren, So we'll talk about that before we get into the old men shouting at clouds F- SPFL bashing. Um probably you first um you know with with the lineup up we, we went with a pretty strong forward thinking line up. Um I don't want it to sound as if I'm saying this with hindsight, but going into this game there was never any worries and we made made good work of that, didn't we?
1: Yeah, it was a uh, very routine uh, keeping a zero, as Van Broncos likes to say. Um, but no, it was it was it was comfortable. I think it was just a case of them games of just getting the first goal. Once we get the first goal, it's a case of of how many. Um, but it was it was very controlled, um, and we could have. I uh, today twenty five shots on top the, on goal, so we it could have been a lot more. But um, I've, one thing I've noticed about Van Broncos is the games are very very controlled. Instead of going to get three, four, and five, he's quite content in just in in, in keeping it clean sheet so um, some good performances um, and uh, another clean sheet and another three points
0: Chris Mason makes a good point there about um, just getting the three points and being comfortable Um, it's a bit of a hard one because uh, the wee boy football fan in you when you're 2-0 up early on or whatever you want to go and Pummel team seven, eight, nine. Um, you want to you want the high scroll games, but for a manager, you want to preserve the preserve the energy, you know, just do the bare minimum, I suppose, and get over the line.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. And I think one of the words that you used there, Mason, was controlled. Um, and I think that's pretty much what we've saw under Gio um since he's came in. I think he's made some subtle tweaks to the team, some subtle tweaks to the formation. I think um, against St Mirren we saw Tavernier playing a wee bit inside sort of full back inverted um, and I think that, that created chances for us so I'm quite enjoying watching how Gio's sort of trying to you know, make, make those changes to benefit us but the, the most important thing as you say is keeping a zero as Gio keeps talking about and you know it's obviously something that, that he's big on um, and I think I mean it, it, we obviously made made jokes about it in, uh, in my friendship group anyway, about letting teams just have that first goal under Gerard towards the end, you know, because that's the way it was. It was like, give them that goal so we can start. Um, and we actually made a joke about it before the Ross County game at Ibrox, not knowing that it was actually going to happen as well. So I think I've been impressed without a doubt in terms of how he's been able to steady that very quickly. Um, well obviously the Hibs game the, the game at Hamden Which we don't want to talk about too much But you know We were atrocious that day And from coming in and What he's done is unbelievable um, And keeping the clean sheets As we know it's going to win his games You know It was crucial for his last year um, in, in the league as, as we went towards it in games like you know Boxing Day against St Mirren you know it's you just need to do what you need to do as you say Mason taking that I think when you get that first goal I was I was quite confident we would go on and maybe get, maybe get a couple more uh, if you're going to have a slight criticism it might be trying to go for three or four but see at the end of the day winning two and a huns you know it's ideal so I'm happy with that and St Mirren as we saw on the Wednesday night um, against them they're stuffy you know, and they can be difficult to break down. So, not overall, I was quite happy with it. And again, I was quite happy with, 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 you know, seeing Scott Wright coming on and doing well. I think he'll do well under Geo because it's a bit of a different system. So, so far, so good. And we go into the, uh, go into the winter break looking good.
0: Just that, Matt, there, Scott Wright, then. Um, it's as good a point as any talks. But um, Mason, I'll come to you first. Um, Scott Wright, it's a bit of a weird one for me because I, I think he's. Well, that there's bags of potential there and he's still very much as a prospect, I do see him featuring in the first team. So it's a bit like your Nathan Parsons. good enough to uh, be in the first team and he's on there in merit, but he's going to go a lot further. Um, I was delighted to see him get that start. Um, I think way Geo's system, Geo really likes wide wide wingers in, instead of this like inverted tens or whatever, genre, just to call it. Um, so I think there will be game time for him there. Um, great to see him pop up with a goal as well.
1: Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought you had a really good game um, Saturday. I've, I've since Van come coming, I've really wanted to see Bright play just because you say because we play with high and wide proper wingers, um, something we never done under Gerard. So uh, I was a bit surprised actually when we signed him for that reason because watched him uh, against us for, for Aberdeen and I he, he is a proper winger. And then when we signed him, I thought why is. You know, why, why are we getting a player that, that we don't play like that? So I was a bit um bit surprised. I think he's he's, he's gotta really kick on now. I think um we're gonna to come to talk about transfers a bit later, but I would like to see us go and buy a, a right winger. Um but look, it's a great chance for Scott Wright. I thought he'd done really well when he came on against Dundee United um week before. Um he he'd probably changed the game for us, because uh, I thought he'd give us uh, something that Kent weren't doing on the day. Um but um, no, Scott Wright's got to got to hold down that that place and at least fight for it. Um, one thing I've not been a fan of is Hadi playing there because I just he's not a winger. Um, um, so yeah, Scott Scott Wright's got to got a kick on.
0: Aye, and I think uh, Van Bronckhorst must know that about Hadi, where um, he's not got. The- He's not got the pace to play out wide, like, especially in that formation, and he just doesn't look comfortable. Even Hadji's uh, press conference a few weeks ago, it was almost like, it wasn't much of a hint, it was labouring the point. It's just like, oh, he's he's won a shot in then in the inside, in the number 10 role, but it's just unfortunate for him that um, when they stand out say the season, Joe Aribo is winning that number 10 role, but I think, um, you know, it's, it may actually help Hadji in a way if we do get somebody who can go into that wide right, so we've got rights to call potentially a uh, somebody coming in in January. Um, we'll get to that later, but it might just let Hadji focus on being one of the number ten options. Um, whether that's coming off for draw Arable or, or when we're resting them or even pushing Arable for for his place.
2: I just on the the Hadji bit. Can I come? Can I come in there on the Haji bit? Go for it. Um, I think we're we right we, what Wright's problem is and I agree with you missed 100% when we signed him I was thinking that, it doesn't fit we, what we play because we're always you know nine times out of ten um, at, in Scotland we're playing against that block but obviously where you're not getting the space in behind and I think that's probably what what Jordan's Jones issue was amongst maybe other issues as well but I think you know it just wasn't fitting for him in terms of the system and I always felt right he had different parts to his game that he could bring in and I think we're obviously seeing that now so I'm hopeful um, that, that he can take it on because, as you say, he changed the game against Indy United and obviously had a really good game there. It's just a bit, hopefully, trying to kick on. But I think under Gio's system, where if we are going to start seeing the full-backs a wee bit more inverted as well, it's going to open up a bit of space, naturally, for a winger. So, I'm looking forward to seeing how how Wright fits into the system, but... Certainly, if I was Scott Wright, I would be feeling a lot better under Gio than I was under Gerard, although Gerard signed him. I think he's certainly going to be feeling that he's going to get more game time because it certainly looks like that uh, for. For the stands anyway, but so far so good. And and, and on the point of Hadji, I had you get the in matching on the United game. I've got no idea how, how we got that. Um but out wide right, it just doesn't work for him. But as we've saw, as you say, and and that wee hole in the middle, he's, he's he's dangerous and he can create chances. So aye, um looking forward to seeing to seeing right, as I say, in, in that winger room. So right,
0: made the one now up um Good. He managed to get the, the second ball um, at the corner. Um, bit, bit of a goal, but they all count. Um, Alfredo Morelos made it 2-0 up um, in the first half as well. So I, I really like this goal, Mason. Um, good ball into to Borna Morelos gets in the end of it, and um, the keeper saves it, but it's just not quite like the the goal against Dundee a few weeks ago, but Morelos is just sharp on it, gets the rebound, but it's in terms of comparing it to the Dundee goal, um, it was just determined to get there, I and mean, it's just bull- bulldozing
1: on to that ball. Yeah, he was—he um, <clears throat> was our best best player for me. I know we mentioned right we had a really good game. But I thought Morelos was—he could have had—he could have had three being critical. He could have had three or four. Um, but one thing I, I think last time I was on the pod, I said Morelos needs to. It was after the Hearts game. I said Morelos needs to kick on and find find the level. And to be honest with you, I think he's getting—he's—I he, I think he's a little bit left, but he's getting it. Um, and yeah, he's just so determined to score, score a goal. But what a ball from Barisic! That's something we haven't seen from him actually. The last, probably if uh, Geo has come in, I think he's been a lot better. But I think the whole team has. Um, but Baris, Barisic, once he gets a yard of space, he's he's the best. At, uh, best that He's a great ball and um, good good save to be fair from Anwick But uh, Morelos he smashes it in, um, and then and then it's game over. Um, but no, I've been really really impressed with Morelos under Van Broncos and his stats uh, speak for himself since he's come in.
2: I think he's, I agree. I think he's been brilliant. Like, just in terms of, he's just a different player. Like, he just looks totally different. I think he's maybe been asked to play a, a different role, to be honest. But um, even looking at him, um, and it's sometimes hard to see it when you're actually at the games, but I think looking at the pictures for the weekend, uh, for the Boxing Day game, sorry, um, he looks trimmer as well. He looks sharper. You know, he just it looks as if he's lost a wee bit, um, which uh, hopefully he's not put on over Christmas. But hopefully he's, you know, he looks sharper and he looks he looks fitter. And I think he's he's been asked. I think Gio made that quite clear actually. He will play as a striker. He will be your striker. Um, and I think that's pretty obvious for what we've saw. Um, and he, he absolutely smashed that ball in the back of the net, didn't he? He could have, he could have tapped it in, but he, he got the frustration. And as you see his numbers for, for Gio's come in has been great. And. And I, I was kind of touching on this with um, one of my mates, and I was saying, you know, if we're going to get the, the sort of third of the season where Morelos is unbelievable from now till the end of March, it's a leak, you know, wrapped up. Yeah. Because if we can get that off him, which we know he's got it in a locker to provide it and deliver it, if he does that, then it's it's game over for everybody because he really, he really is, he makes... Points again, he can win your games and stuff. So I, it's been good to see the the wee fella because he's obviously a fan's favourite, you know, and he's got a lot of people. Fans are right behind him. Um, but but he was well out of shape the first half of the season, and he was miles after, um, miles it. But he's 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 done well to turn that around and. Hopefully, you know, that's that's a sign of things to come as well. I think it probably helps that the Gio, Roy Mackay and can speak obviously fluent Spanish. I think that would probably would probably help with him as well. So no, so far so good with with Morelos and, and hopefully he keeps going.
0: We, you, well you mentioned uh, about Morelos being miles off, it. For me it wasn't just physically, I think. Um it's a double edged sword when Alfie's no feeling it, he's not feeling up to it, he's fucking woeful and he's uh, biggest enigma ever but when you get him in the right frame of mind everything else falls in so I dare say getting him in the right frame of mind gets his fits up stuff and gets his determination he gets his performance levels and Gio's managed to find that it might have just been as you say Alfie always has this tremendous third of the season it might have just been fall in the in November December this time around or maybe something that Gio's done either way I'm all for it um but he's, you he can tell he's, he's game for it, and he's uh, that—that's the Morelos we love. Um, when when he falls away for that, and he's just kind about of picking his ass and waiting for half time, he don't turn his That's when it um, can be very frustrating, just because you know when he's on his game, how much he can give to the team.
1: Yeah, just on that though, <clears throat> we'll pick out Morelos because I think he's the easy one, and I agree with everything you both said there. But I think the whole, te- well, yeah, the whole team's been like that. You look at McGregor now as well, and I think. It was um, the double. The double save was it? Was it? I can't remember if it was Hearts or well, it might have been the Dundee game uh, after that. But he were not making them saves before. As you said, we well, were conceding the first goal, so I think it goes through the, the whole team. I think, um, I think, it, I think. Looking at it now, I think Gio coming in, it's it's, it's, it's a new voice, fresh ideas, and I think it's helped everyone. Um, and I, I don't think if Gerard was was still here in December, we win every game. I just way well, we were playing. I, I did. I didn't see that happening.
0: I think, um, I think 99% of Rangers fans could see the very first third of the season that something something had to spark in this team, something had to re-energise it, and I, I for one, I, like, I compared it to last season where I thought it was going to be the Motherwell game, or like, a single game where a good performance goes in, turns out it was a change of manager, um, something as drastic as that, but it's happened anyway, and uh, you're right Mason, we found that spark, and the big thing is now it just continues on the end of the season well, in the second half and I don't think we'll go through every um, single chance because Mason you said we had about 25 shots on goal um, I, think we t- I think David Paul touched on uh, on last week's pod that you know, it's good to see we're creating these chances um, again um, Chris I'll come to you for this uh, is it you know, I suppose there's two two ways of looking at it. Yes, we are creating the chances, but we're not taking them as of yet. Or is it just good that we're creating the chances again? We're starting to get the goals and this flurry of goals will, will start coming.
2: Aye, I think, you know, I think we need to be relatively patient with the fact that it's a new manager and a new setup. Um I think there is obviously subtle tweaks that he's making. Um, and I think, you know, although I'm not a fan, I get into the winter break early, I, I do think that that will give Gigo a good opportunity to work on the players in terms of the movement. He's actually been speaking about that, I think, just after the um game about, you know, looking at different ways of playing and different ways of breaking down teams, playing against different shapes. So I think we'll we'll, pro- we'll probably be able to judge it better. Even probably need to wait till next season, uh, you know, fully. But I think it's good we're getting into positions. We're, we're creating chances. I think under under Gerard and and listen, I was um, disappointed. Obviously, when Gerard left, I'm not going to say I wasn't. But um, I think under Gerard, it definitely became a wee bit stale and predictable um, and sort of one-paced. Um, whereas now, I think that th- there's definitely more chances being created from different areas. Um, and I think that's that's um, the, the the big bit I think that we need to take from that. Like, you touched on that Mason about McGregor. He's playing the one keeper all the time now, and I think that's massively important. You know, so that's that's going to be better for for keeping the clean sheet. Um, and McGregor's saves have been unbelievable, but. You know, if we're taking two chances then, and we're not conceding, we're going to win, you know. But I think it's looking good. I think that in terms of moving forward, I think we've got different options. You've obviously got Sakala as well, who's who's a different option coming on. Um, And you touched on Aribo. Um, unbelievable. You know, his, his goal at Hearts was <laughs> unbelievable as well. So I think, aye, I think it's just about... You know, being patient with the team, obviously moving forward. I think if Maria is getting into that being a form that we see he's going day, you've got to remember as well. Kent just came back to the team recently as well, um. So there's, you know, there's key players that are just sort of finding their feet again after probably struggling for the first part of the season. So I'm not overly concerned about you know the the amount of goals, um, because I think that, but well, that w- that will be dealt with as we as we move forward. They've got enough players there. They've got enough in the lock and I think that they can do that. And then particularly if we start making. Tweaks and changes to the to the team, like as I as I said, with Tavani on Saturday, he had a few chances at, on the Boxing Day game. Sorry, um, he had a few chances just by changing positions. So, no, I'm I'm not worried about it, and I think that's something that Gio will definitely be working on over the winter break and making sure that we've we've been a wee bit more clinical with our chances because it could have been five or six against St. Mary, if we're going to be honest.
0: Well, speaking about this infamous winter break, um. Mason, I I know you're based down south and you you will still watch uh, tentatively up here for Rangers, but in case you don't know, we do things after terrible up here. Um, When it comes to organising football, um, watches how we run our game. um, It's a very self-loathing country up here, uh, Bonnie Scotland. So uh, the winter break in general comes um, about four weeks before the worst part of winter comes. Um, Makes total sense. But... (laughs) Um decision was made with the Scottish Government to only allow 500 <coughs> fans into the football games and the SPFL went to the board, uh, sorry, went to the member clubs and they turned a twenty-two vote that we should bring forward the winter break. So, what's your thoughts on that? Um, both the Rangers fan and kind that uh, an Englishman looking in.
1: Um, well, obviously a range of these gutted because we we're playing as we've just gone through the pit through the, the game. There, every, everyone's hitting form at the right time, so we're going away to probably arguably the two toughest away games in really good shape. Uh, we haven't got too many injuries. Um, we, we we everyone's not fit as you keep reading in the media that we're you know we everyone's fit. We have still got a few players out, um, but we're going. I had no doubt that we would have gone there, fans or no fans, that we'd have gone and got six points. Um and I think that for us is the most frustrating thing. Um, whereas the other side of the city uh, are struggling with injuries and um COVID outbreak and and it's just the timing for me stinks a little bit, I've got to be honest. Um but I just can't understand, as you said, like down here, um everyone's everyone's all my mates have said I'm I'm based in Essex, a place in Essex where everyone's West Ham and um my fiance and her family and my mates all West Ham, and they're all. They, they was all at um, the London Stadium on Boxing Day. Um, before they left, you know, I'm talking to them and they're watching the the Saint Mirren, uh, the Saint Johnston game on Sky against uh, against them, and and the you know, there was no one there, so let's saying, what's happening. Was what it's why is there a stadium shut? And you know, we're all going and and and, and there's what 60,000 there, so and it's England's a, a bigger country. It's just me, honestly, I can't get head around it. Um, it, it none of it makes sense. Um, you know, we were saying what the Loudon or or other pubs are going to be full to watch the game, but outdoors, you know, you're not, you know, it's, it's, it's it, honestly it's crazy and uh, it stinks a little bit if I've got to be honest. And then Doncaster did say as well, um, that. Uh, there's no, you know, we get what as you said about the weather. The weather's just gonna get worse. Do you know what I mean? So and there's no there's no um fixtures space left, you know, to to play it. It's honestly it, I can't I can't get around it. And then another one was to put the put the old film game on a Wednesday night. <laughs> you know, who, who thinks these things are? I, I can't understand it at all, to be honest with you. Yeah,
0: uh, just on that old film game. Um <laughs> police Scotland must have been having a great time reading that announcement, but that's that uh, <laughs> um uh, the announcement came, that, or not the announcement, but they'll put the same having caution that we may not even have fans back in for the home game. And I made the point last week that I totally get like, try to prioritise having fans in the stadium for these games because it's a fan sport. But where you can't guarantee in three weeks' time that we will well be in, we may yeah. as well just play the games. And I don't hate to say I told you so, Adrian Campbell last week, but I do.
2: I <laughs> I think it's I mean, for, for me, just you knew it was coming. Um you know, you you knew that we were obviously talking about what was going to happen. You knew something was going to change um based on the noises that you were you were hearing. um from a Rangers perspective um, it's not good timing for us. You know, we were happy to continue on and, and and play the games. Um, from a personal perspective, you know, I was I was meant to be going to the, the Aberdeen game. Um, to managed to get myself um some tickets to go to that. Um, was planning a great wee day out, just similar to what your mates were doing, missing on Boxing Day. You know, was planning that for for what was happening, and it just obviously been taken away. So, for a personal point of view, it was a sore one. But I just think it it doesn't make sense for me because the reality is these cases and whatever else without getting into the whole COVID thing. You know, it's, it's unlikely to get better in a couple of weeks' time. Um, If, if the whole pandemic previous has taught us that, two or three weeks a, a break on something, you know, isn't is going to cause it. And the reality is, as you say, you know, the pubs and that would have been full, you know, with, with people watching the games. So it just doesn't... It doesn't make sense um, because the reality is in three weeks' time they've not organised an old firm for a Wednesday where they expect and say 60,000 people at it. You know? I like think they know the reality of the situation and they're starting to drip feed that to us. So it's disappointing because you might, might be going to the games um, but I just I, I sort of worry about the rest of the season in terms of two, three weeks' time when they make a further decision. What are they going to do? Are they going to continue stalling it or are they going to make it or are they going to play it? Um, I mean, I <laughs> There's this myth that kicks about that the Rangers are only good behind closed doors. I mean, we we have we've been amazing a season. At different points, we've, we've only been beat once, you know, and and the league. So as a bit of a myth that, that we, we don't do well in front of a crowd. But you know, it's it's just frustrating, um, and I just worry about the, the further decisions. And it certainly you know in terms of uh, Celtic, it, it suits them, don't it? Uh, a T, um, because. I think initially they were talking about the impact of the fans and then the next post match interview, their manager's talking about looking forward to getting these best players back and getting people fit again. Um so I think there was definitely an agenda getting pushed there. Um but what can we do? You know, the, the only positive I can see from from this is that it gives Gio a couple of weeks, you know, extra to to work with the squad, which I think he he will appreciate and I think the players will. Um, but certainly, from a football fan perspective, um, I just uh, I don't really see what the the point was. of uh, even making any changes to it. But we'll see where it goes, as you say. Um, Colin, it's a country that, that loathes itself. Um, and it can't it take you any good. You know, even watching Sky Sports, you're watching the darts at Apple Party and the crowd is absolutely good mental. You know, and then and then, as you say, you've got that game on the TV with 500 people so it doesn't make sense but pretty much like most of the pandemic a lot of decisions don't actually um, make a lot of sense when it comes to to the football but you know we can we just see what happens when it comes but I'm sure the players will be ready when the time comes to you know get back in Um, as long as they don't go to Dubai we'll be happy with that oh
0: fuck no that's that's a band loving this podcast (laughs) (laughs)
1: let them go there though let them
0: go there aye but Mason, I think uh, Chris, like the point Chris touched on there um, about Geo having time on the on the pitch, I think we we need to look at any sort of positives, and this will be a massive one because I think um, and we say that we've seen the tweaks that Geo's brought in and the players have taken really well, and you know it's it's suiting the players and the talent we have. He's not made any wholesale changes to how we set up, but enough to see a difference. So, do you see? um, <clears throat> these next three weeks what's that look like is that just more of the same small changes here and there or do you really see Gio getting his stamp on it we be doing something really different
1: um, I think I think. Look, we've got to take the positives out at, at the same time I said um, a few weeks ago that we'd be more than four points clear by the time we played them and we are with six points now so pressure's all on them chasing you know what I mean so for us uh, we can hopefully get Holanda, uh fit as well it gives us more time I know bassi has been been brilliant at centre half but in my opinion, um I said previously, Holanda for me is the best center centre back at the club. So I think it's really important going into them games that we have in um as well. So that would be a big positive for us and and yeah it gives Van Roberts how many days has he had on the training ground I think we had eight days between the Dundee United game to St Mirren Um, I think that's the longest he would have had with the players to to be on the training ground so it's it's perfect timing for him to go in and um, yeah I don't I don't expect us to be any different Uh, maybe a couple of things um, a little bit different but it also gives players that have not had a a lot of game time your that we're going to need we're going to need players uh, because we're going to pick up more injuries and suspensions but to, to for him to have a look at them in training as well and think, right, he's at it, um, and, and you know, and take take their chance when it comes. Um, I think Aberdeen's, Aberdeen's the next game, so uh, maybe there'll be a surprise in there for that one.
0: So, leading on to the what, what other changes we might see, it's obviously the January transfer window is now open, and um, this is when everybody in the granny is learned with every player. Um, no, it's, there's a podcast in sale for the best uh, yeah. the best bullshit headlines. Like I remember when Paul Woodwen became the manager, of Zinedine Zidane and Sydney Goo were going to join Rangers, even though Zidane had retired. Um but that's for a later date. Um <laughs> Chris, I'll, I'll come at you first. So um, before we look at the the transfers that could potentially come in, we've got a lot of talent on this Rangers side. So out with Brandon Barker, who are you most fear you're losing? That's what
2: <laughs> We can't be losing Barker, no chance. <laughs> uh, I, I think the fear man fear for me is definitely a Um I think if, you know, we, we can lose him, I don't think. I think he would be too hard to, to replace. Uh, there isn't anybody, I, I think, that, that can. I know we're talking about Haji maybe filling in that 10 position, but. I don't think he does it as well as Aribo. You know, if we're going to be honest, and particularly this season, Aribo's took his game up a level. I mean, realistic to understand that Aribo probably does want to go down to the Premier League and try it out. Um, you know, he's obviously came up here um, to to accelerate his development and do well, and, and he's he's done amazing. I mean, to, to look at him through when he came in the door, to know it, it's a different player altogether. So, I would be surprised if there was any interest for for Aribo from elsewhere. Um, but I really don't want to lose him in January. I think he's he's crucial um to, to what we do, um and hopefully he wants to stay and, and see the season out. But you know reality is every player in footballs get got a price. Um, I was probably said out with Aribo. Um, I think probably teams will be interested in Kamara if you read, you know, some of the the, the press um, links and stuff. And again, if, if anything we've saw under Gio, That's his go-to man for that defensive mid role. So I think Kamara would be would certainly be a loss, but. You know, if you had Ryan Jack fit, um, which obviously is, is is not always the case, um, I was actually talking about this today. You, you wouldn't actually be as gutted with Kamara going because you would have somebody else there. But you know, that's not the case. So I think those two. But the the, the name that keeps you know flying up as a potential you know link is this obviously Nathan Patterson one to to potentially Everton. Um, so, aye, I, I I, I've got a lot of, you know, admiration for Parsons. He's a cracking player. I think he's going to do well in his career. But I just can of see him kind of taking Tav away for that right-back slot. So, I think if, if we get, you know, people are talking 12 to 15 million, if you're talking about that coming in, um, then you know that Tav's probably going to still be a right-back anyway. So, you couldn't blame him. But I think those three are probably the ones um, that, that would probably be the bigger names. But I do think under the radar... Geo will be probably looking to try and get rid of a few Get them off the wage bill And maybe look to make a few moves himself um, But certainly hanging on to Aribo for me is massive
0: Just stone, I think If Aribo was to see out the next six months and perform the way he has performed He'd, he should get um, player of the year up here how Rangers get to 56 that's exactly the player model that we want to see bring somebody in cheap fill a talent and get, you know, didn't pay too much for him. it was just a compensation fee a wee bit more on wages but see the he's a role model for how we want to develop players because he's a completely different talent for what we signed and then he'll get a big money move that's um, A it's brilliant for Rangers and um, 'Cause we brought impact to it, we've got we've got our money's worth and, and more and then we get a money we get a sell on, a decent selling fee. But also shows players like out with Scotland and England and, and abroad that uh, you know Rangers is a club that you can come to and get a big move. And we need to be realistic, that's that has to be a big selling point. Uh I just hope <laughs> it doesn't happen in December. Uh January, sorry. Um if we can see it to to the summer, then Perfect uh, fairy tale story in terms of signing Mason. We were talking. This was mentioned about Nathan Patterson there, and it is such a hard one because it's arm in the camp that he, he, he doesn't get anywhere near uh, James Davenport right now. Um, I'm not if sure he won't develop any a better player. I think he will eventually, <clears want throat> much better than James Davenier, Um But he's just not there right now. In terms of him going, going down to Everton. Um, we are looking at it from a Rangers' Rangers fans' point of view. For the English clubs um, and Nathan Patterson himself like, did does he get a game for Everton right now? Um, do is that, a, is that a good move if you're an Everton fan?
1: Well, I used to be a fan of. Uh, I think Seamus Coleman was was a, always a solid right back for Everton, but I watched him. Couple of weeks ago um against i watched everton to be fair they're not not in great nick at the minute but watch him against palace and like, he had an absolute man i think he's done uh, i've got no doubt that if patterson goes down i think i think it's probably a good move for him in terms of i think he gets more game time in front of coleman than he does in front of Tavernier. um put it that way um but i would be gutted I, I agree with chris I, i'd be really gutted to see him go but if we get 15 million um bidding um in jan then I think he, I think he's away. I mean the here for me He's not going anywhere soon. I think I can see him staying there for he's in good shape. He, unless he gets a bad injury, he's gonna be Rangers right back for another three, four years. So um Patterson's not gonna get the game time and gutted because I think he's he's gonna be a right good player. Um what is he, nineteen twenty and he's you know, he's Scotland's number one right back. Um not just number one right back, but you're watching for Scotland and he's he's one of their better players. So, um but if we can get fifteen million, you know, it's I think in a couple of years we'll get more. I think I think if we can get in the Champions League and we can play in the Champions League and we get the, the kind of price that um Arsenal paid for Tierney. Um and I do I do believe that. But um but I think, yeah, Patterson, you got you got the English coming 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 in for you, they're gonna they're gonna triple his, quadruple his wages. Um and he's probably guaranteed more game game time at Everton, which which is mad. But how, you know, I had this debate with my dad and my granddad today. How can you take Tavernier out of out of our side? You know, the numbers he gets weak. You know, and I, I don't know defensively he, he he does. You know, make up some some mistakes. But since uh, Van Bronckhorst is coming off, he looks more settled. as you said, Chris Elderly coming inside right. If we play a proper winger, um, that could be another um, you know another position to go and play. So um, if I was to lose anyone, and I I, I think someone will go this window. I think that's especially if, if stadiums are going to be shut for a lot longer as well that's going to be a big factor for us we sold no one in the summer um so at the minute as sad as it would seem to go um out of kamara um arebo and um patterson if i'm being honest patterson as long as the price is right um it would make the most sense yeah and i think um i think there's a few things um maybe via fan point of
0: view is we didn't is leading down that dark path that he might go. Um, first point, um, the Rangers board, are very, rightly or wrongly, they have that price that they will sell somebody for and they're not fucking budging at all. And we've seen that with Morelos, seen that with Patterson in the summer. So I, I don't think we'll get bullied into getting lowballed. But in terms of Patterson going down and getting game time, um, I think Billy Gilmore's got all the answer for because now, if you're coming f- through the Rangers Academy or any academy Scotland, if you have enough belief in your your talent, you look at Billy Gilmore and he he was on the verge of the Chelsea team. He's now well, I know Norwich fans are mental, but that's probably because they're all brothers and sisters. maybe <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I hope you've heard of the fuck we Norwich listening. Um, but- <laughs> You know, Billy Gilmore's that example that, you know, you don't need to go to League One, then the Championship, then the Premier League. You know, if you're confident in your ability, you can go down and play there. And I think if you're Nathan Patterson right now, I ah, you'd be you'd be mad not to fancy your chances at a club like Everton. I
2: ah, have without a doubt. I mean, I think um, Everton are a massive club. I've got a few pals that are Everton fans, long suffering Everton fans. Um and they're obviously devastated with Rafa he has been there. Um they they say that it's just as bad as Neil Lennon coming to us, but I doubt it. Um but I think he um I either devastate that point, and they've been I've watched them as well, Mason, at times, and they've, they've been poor um, at points, but then at different points actually they started off alright. But I think Partson for me, without a doubt, what I say to them was he's good enough, he's he's certainly good enough to go down there and get a bash. Um and you you've see, you don't just see it with us, you know, you see it when he when he is playing for Scotland, you know, you can see it. Um and I just think he needs that opportunity, he needs to be playing games, um, and I think. I think you've saw it even with Gio, I think Gio's obviously saw the talent and he's tried to bring him on at like right wing and that at different points obviously to try and see if there's a way you can shoehorn them in. And the ta- his biggest issue at Rangers is nothing to do with his ability. It's just the fact that it's a captain Tavernier that's that's ahead of him. Um, if he played in any other position, you're you're seeing him getting a lot more game time. Um, but no, I think he's good enough. Um, and he would get you know all the best wishes. I think for for myself, I'd be absolutely gutted if we sold him for you know less than the the numbers that we're talking about. Um, and I would be gutted if we never put a sale on Fion because I think he's he's definitely at levels. I think Um, partisan. um but we'll, we'll we'll see obviously how it goes and how it um, goes in January. But I do agree with Mason. I think somebody will go um, in January just as long as it's not Ebo. Well, so. the one the one
1: as well is is uh, with not is Galton. He's he can sign for for, for nothing, can he? For, for clubs uh, in the next couple of days, so he'd uh, be one that. Um, you know, if if someone comes in, um, two, two, three million, what do we do there? Do you know what I mean? We've got a lot of people would say, oh no, we need to keep him to win the league, but if if, if we get that kind of money coming three million pound and we can go and replace him, then you know that could be another one to watch this uh, window. I think it would be.
2: I, I just think in, it, in terms of the, we we, what we saw with Golton for for Gio's came back in, um, maybe Golton. You know, pre GO, you would be thinking, "Where is his head at?" Um, but certainly, he looks a lot more focused just now. Um, I would, I would be concerned if we sold him to be honest in January because it's it unsettles. You know, potentially what we've got, um, and we're, we're scrapping just now for defend a centre back, but we would need to replace him obviously. But it would be interesting. It's a good point though to see what he does with his contract now because obviously it's been rumbling on um probably won't get resolved anytime soon. Um but I I think it'd be interesting to see if what, what Rangers do if they do get a bid in though. As you say for a couple of million, two, three million, what Geo thinks obviously. Um but Goldson, he's another one that can kinda of split the fans at different points, can't he? Um some of his decisions is baffling sometimes, but he really is I think the rock in that in that defence when he's on his game. Um, but I agree again. When you mentioned about your point about Erling, I think he's the best defender at the club. Um, but obviously his injuries, so not be interesting to see if uh, if that does get uh, you know. Wait, somebody tries to put a bid in for him to try and uh, Aston Villa, you know, for example, maybe try and come in and uh, take him for a couple of a million. But I would I would like to see him see his contract because I think he's going to be important for the rest of the season. But we'll see how that one develops.
0: I can't believe none are comfortable with Bassey and Simpson starting the centre half. At <laughs> <laughs> I think he's an absolute complete pessimist. Um, <laughs> I've made my feelings known, but uh, the more serious note, um, coming on to the, the two names that we were going to talk about, um, potential coming in, one is a centre half, um, John Souter. So uh, Mason usually brought him up um, uh, on a pod a couple of weeks ago, and I think. I think my would join John suit right now is he doesn't get in ahead of Golson, Hollander or Balogun. But I'm going to be a bit more pragmatic right now because Golson may go. Hilander and Balogun may be cause a concern for injury. So I think it's take upon and go for John Suter who I do think is like' a, is a decent centre half at this level. It's just not better than what we have. So do we go for a, a John Suter or do we look to bring Katic back? Um, Where are you sitting with this?
1: Um I'm actually a fan of, of Suter. I know uh, yourself and, and Graham who was on uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, wasn't wasn't too too keen but I think he's um he's he's, he's actually really good with his ball at his feet which is something you don't say about Scottish centre half um and he, and he's good in the air. I, I think for the money that it would take to get John Suter um and you've just said there with Simpson and Bassi uh, at the minute as cover. Now uh, bassey has been brilliant. Um, he, he might be a centre half for years to come. The way he's performed, you know, he's still young, he's strong, he's good in the air, um, and he's, he's he's got a really good left foot. And I think that's actually what what what's good for us at the minute is we've got well when Hellender comes back, he Roy plays on the left hand side, but you've got Goldson who can hit balls that way. And he's really good at it. And he can, it. he can play out quick with his left foot as well. Um, but I think John Suter would suit, would suit us. Um, and for the money, it would cost. Scottish as well, if we get in the Champions League, we're going to need more Scottish-based players. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. If we can shift Jack Simpson um, uh, this window, I would go and get John, John Suter. Yeah, definitely.
0: Chris, I think um, for me, I'd be more than comfortable with a Holanda-Suter partnership, for example. Um D. Landers fitness. Um, but I don't know, is it a case that you need a suitor and a, a first name in the team sheet set and a half if Colson goes?
2: Uh, it would be interesting to see if i I would like you to, to go for suitor, to be honest. I think for loads of points with the Scottish link, obviously. Um and he's in terms of trying to get him in in that Champions League squad, we're going to need players that, that, that obviously have been through um Scottish teams, but I watch him for hearts, you know. I don't watch hearts all the time, um. But I watch him for hearts, and sometimes he looks really, really good, really, really composed. And other times he gets kind of caught, you know, and uh, a wee bit. But watching, maybe not to the levels a Ryan Porteous does, but certainly kind of gets caught, you know. Maybe watching the ball, um. So I think there's, there's obviously he's not a complete package, you know. But I think. Um, I would take him still, I think, if especially on, on the cheap um, free transfers or whatever. I think that would be a good shout. Um, my only worry with Souter is, is his injuries, is, is the kind of injury history. Um, and it's been big injuries since it. It's been ones that's kept him out for a bit and reoccurring ones. So I think that would probably be the big question mark over, over Souter. But, you know, like we say, it's not as if you're going to be going out and spending, you know, your four or five million or whatever to try and bring him in. Bit of no brainer for me. Um I think the best Rangers teams that we've watched, you know, under Walter Smith and um they have always picked up the, the, the sort of best of the rest players in the rest of the league to to kind of bulk up a squad and um I think that would be a smart move if, if we went for them. Um whether or not that's your sort of number one, number two centre half, I'm not sure. Um but certainly we should be I'd imagine we'll be we'll be doing planning for goals and leaving. Um, no, and if Sutter's that, that plan, Suter and Haylander for me seems alright to be honest. Suter and Simpson. No, no so much. <laughs> no it's not Simpson bashing, but certainly he he's no got it um to, to make the grade at Rangers. I Sank. We've saw that um in a number of occasions. Um but I would be happy with happy with Souter.
0: With Suter, it's only fit to call it he's still relatively young for a centre half as well. He's twenty five and um and I think, yeah, you've kind of sold it there, Chris. We mentioned his injury. It's the most Rangers thing in the world to sign an injury poem, player. it's just written in the starts, it goes hand in hand with the red, white, and blue. So, no doubt he'll be here in January now. That <laughs> that. Um, so, other, other name, um, we'll come on here before we wrap up. Um, I'll be honest. Mason I, I don't know too much about this guy other than the hype that's been that I've heard about with media and other Rangers podcasts um the boy looks like somebody you'd sign on football manager he's got a cracking barnet PSG <laughs> wonderkid Javi Simon
1: yeah I'll I'll be honest I've I've uh I've never seen him um I can't say I've watched a lot of um P.S.G. youth, but um, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of pedigree, um, and there's some big clubs after him as well. Um, I think it would be to get him; it would be exciting. Um, but I don't know what kind of wages he'd want, and uh, would it be a loan? Or you know, I'm, I'm not too sure. But um, if he does come in, then it would be interesting because I think he is a number ten. Um, unless I, I, I think I've read he was a number ten, so that would be interesting in terms of a rebo and. And how that would kind of does a rebo go back to the eight, or you know what what happens there? But um, yeah, he's, he's, to me, it's actually quite exciting. From someone, um, you know, from a different market, I think uh, Van Bronckhorst will be looking. I don't think he'll be looking down south at all. To be honest, I think um, Holland and, and, and Denmark are going to be two two places that that, um, that Van Bronckhorst will be looking in. So it, it is exciting. But yeah, Xavier Simmons, uh, I can't give you a lowdown on on him to be honest.
0: I think what. What's interesting about this is most of the reports um, have came from foreign papers or foreign news outlets, so primarily the French and Dutch. Um, so it makes you think there might be something to that there is interest. But going back to the the Rangers' shortlist of players, they plan for every possible eventuality, and this shortlist of players should be one hundred and twenty uh, players deep. So if Rangers have initiated contact, that could be as much as. How much of his wages oh fuck never mind that's contact <laughs> um just, uh, i think if anything realistically it might be owned with maybe getting for six months just with the, the kind of around this guy and the clubs that are interested in him um do you know much about him
2: no i don't um personally um but when i had obviously spoke with my son when we were getting linked to him he told me he was a wonder kid on uh, FIFA Football Manager, so that's it. He's, he's, he's going to be the next Friday I do, but I think um, I I don't know much about the boy, to be honest, but I do th- I agree um Mason. I think we'll be seeing different markets getting explored under Gio, and I'm all for that, because um, he'll be trying to kind of dip into, and the boy's Dutch, isn't he, if I'm right, yeah. the, the, the boy. Um, so we've obviously got a wee bit of a link there, um, which might put us ahead. Gio's probably, as soon as he, the, the contact was made about the job, he's probably got plans and he see right away about first and foremost the squad that's there, but who can I bring in? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's been been making moves already, you know, behind the scenes to try and see what's happening. Um, but no, it'd be, it'd be exciting, I think, um, to bring somebody like that in, particularly if they're, you know one of the next big things or whatever um, and if, if we if we manage to get him then, then great but we we'll just need to I don't know much about him to, to be honest with you um, it's a shame that I know more about John Souter than I know about this boy but I suppose <laughs> that's, that's Scottish Ripper for you <laughs> um, but no if he's if he's got you know that potential there he, he, what a club to come and fulfil it at you know even for a couple of years um, we've done no bad when we've signed um boys for for sorta that of have played in PSG before, you know, we are tight on the links. So I think if ah, it's, it'll be interesting to see if we can get that one over the line. But as you say, that the the interesting part for me is it's not coming for the Scottish press. It is it's coming for the, the European one. So there's definitely something in it. Um how much legs it's got I suppose we'll find out in the next few weeks. But I'd imagine we'll be getting linked to all sorts of names shortly.
0: Uh, Silly season is about to begin. Um, So I think that's as good a time as any to wrap it up um, for the last podcast of the year. Um, Before we do, just a thanks for my two guests coming on, Mason. Um, Thank you and tell the listeners what what you're wishing for in 2022. 56.
1: 56. Easy 56 and, and actually an, a, Hamden, a Hamden final win would be nice as well because I can't remember the last time I was young um, but no yeah thanks for having me on again Colin and uh, nice to meet you Chris um, great input and I uh, hope everyone has a really good new year
0: Chris a solid debut as Mason said thanks very much for coming on any well wishes for 2022
2: I just same. no thanks guys cheers for the um, chance to come on and talk about Rangers and enjoyed it um, Mixing up the the sort of festive period's been good to come on and chat about it. Um for myself, no, same. Just Rangers Day with Rangers Day, hopefully starting to kick on in the, the January after we come back. Hopefully get the crowd back in. You know, it's massive, massive going to Ibrox you know, every couple of weeks and getting to those away days, away days when you get the tickets in. So uh, it's, it's huge, you know, and for that to be taken away, I hope that's not the case moving forward. So onwards and upwards in the next year. But I uh, cheers for for letting us on, guys.
0: And last but not least at all, thank you to everybody who's listening, not just tonight, um, all the way throughout the, the last year. Um, it's been a it's been a tough year um, for for everybody. Uh, we we'll appreciate all your support, and the biggest thing is hope you and all your loved ones are safe and you have a nice time as much, as nice a time as you can have um, when the new year comes. And echoing the, the boys the boys' thoughts, here's to fifty six. Take care. Thank you.